online space. And when you're in an advisory role, and any of you all who are listening, if you know someone or you yourself have ever studied psychology or social work or anything in sociology, you know that that's a very stressful position to be in, but that the people that you're serving require, they really need and lean on you to have a stable persona and to really know what you're talking about. So I turned to journaling because it was the best way for me to be able to navigate the challenges that I was going through or any personal struggles that I was having so that when it was time for me to show up for my clients, I was able to do that and to show up 100% for them. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello, and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where living intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Tayani Tellis, and today's episode is Stumbling Through Adulthood. Now, before we get into today's episode, this podcast is sponsored by Intentional Investment. The Private Blueprint registration is now open, guys. If you are a current business owner seeking assistance with making money every day or exceeding revenue goals for your business, registration is now open for the Profit Blueprint. During this four-hour intensive, you will learn how to set your business up for success, learn tactics to profit off your clients' pain points, and create a conversion funnel to keep your clients purchasing and ultimately sending you referrals. This training is open to only 10 people. You can secure your spot today with a $97 deposit, $97 deposit, and the event is taking place here in Atlanta, Georgia, December 15, 2019. To secure those tickets, go to www.intentionallyposh.com. Now, your local and global marketing connection, serial entrepreneur, micro-influencer, and author, Vivia is a rising star speaking honestly with peers about what it is what it is like to build a business that serves the rich and famous. Vivian is the ghostwriter behind the luxury real estate articles published in Miami Herald and Sun Centennial. She's co-founded, excuse me, guys, a boutique marketing firm that has grown to over six figures in less than two years. Her nonprofit Behind the Leaf hosts Flourish Media Conference annually in Miami, Florida, introducing her little black book of millionaires to small business owners looking for angel investors. Unapologetically black, she doesn't hide her Afro-Latino and Nigerian heritage. Vivian candidly jokes about her position as an advisor to thought leaders while facing the fact that she is often the only brown girl in the room. She is professional and witty, bravely pulling back the curtains to show that if she can do it, so can you. I am super excited, guys, to talk to Vivian today and for you to tap into her world. Hello, Vivian. How are you? I am amazing. Thank you so much for having me, and hello to all the listeners. Thank you all for tuning in. We are in for a treat today. Yes, I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about you. I have, like, stalked your Instagram and read through your website, and I feel like I know you personally, but this is my first (laughs) time actually, you know, connecting. So I want 
for you, um, because no one can tell your story better than you can, um, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship and how you got started? Sure. So I did not have an entrepreneurial story where I can say, I've always known I was going to be a business owner because that is a lie, ladies and gentlemen. I thought for sure that I would be working for the U.S. government. I went to school to work eventually as an ambassador. That was my goal. And what happened was I went to school at Barry University in Miami Shores, Florida, and every single person that I've ever known in my life has ever has worked for somebody else. I didn't really have that many people in my network or in my family that worked for others, but it was a blessing and a curse to graduate from university in the middle of the recession, and the types of jobs that I thought that I would be able to pursue just didn't exist anymore. So... What happened was I was working in corporate America and I had a side hustle that eventually was able to make enough money for me to leave my job. And when I had an opportunity to leave from corporate America and I could see that I would be able to at least make the same amount of money that I made at work, but I would be able to have more flexibility and have more control over my earning potential, I decided to leave. So that's what happened. That's how I became an entrepreneur. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I really love that you touched on the point, like, you did not have, like, you know, the will at that moment to want to be an entrepreneur. Like, and that's a lot of us today, um, especially when we talk, like, about purpose, you know, which is a conversation that's becoming more up and of a conversation, you know, what's your purpose, what do you think? And typically a lot of times, especially depending upon your raising, you know, corporate America is the way to go. Like climbing the corporate um, ladder is just what you find or that's what you've seen in your household because, you know, in my household that's what it was as well. It was like, you know, go to college, which I don't knock college because I have my degree, I have my master's, um, and, you know, go get a good job, you know, get into these high-level positions and work your way up. And ultimately, you know, when you find other things, especially being a creative, because um, which we'll tap into a little bit more about your journey, um, you start to find things that you like and you love, and then you start actively pursuing them and doing them, and you see that you can make money from them. And it's like, okay, wow. And before you know it, you're like, oh, now I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> It happens just like that because, you know, what, what happened to me, and I have it in my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, there's a story where I talk about um, when I really did decide to become a full-time entrepreneur that I am today. And honestly, it was just because I was asking for a raise, and it was just taking too damn long. And I would ask, yes. and, ask <laughs> and I was just like, when, when can I do this? And, you know, my – my um, boss at the time was an amazing man, and I really think I'm thankful to have the opportunity to work under him because he, he really was an awesome boss and really went to bat for me. But from the corporate offices, they kept coming back and saying, well, she needs to enroll in a leadership program or, you know, after a couple of years in this program or that program. And it became apparent to me that if I was going to be successful in my corporate position, I was going to do it. It was going to happen. Everyone around me believed in me, but it was going to happen years from when right. I I wanted it to happen. And I just thought, wow, you know, I don't think that this is going to work for me. And if I'm honest with you, honestly, 
Um, I went on vacation to Peru. I was visiting a friend of mine who's a chiropractor, and she was practicing in Peru, and uh, she offered to me to come and visit her, and I was sitting on the mountains in Machu Picchu. I was sitting in Machu Picchu on a Tuesday, like going up on a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. And I thought to myself, you know, Vivian, this could be your life, you know. You could have more flexibility day-to-day if you really wanted it. And at the time, I was looking at a a, a business proposition from a client who truthfully when I decided to say yes, I found out that the the deal was actually more than what I was asking for a raise for. And wow. I felt so silly. I was like, why was I bothering these people and stressing everybody out over this raise when I could just give myself a raise? And I did. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. Congratulations. Like, Thank I love you. I love hearing people's journeys into entrepreneurship and even those who are not even full-time entrepreneurs, just how they balance their nine-to-five and still pursue their dreams. So, yes, big kudos to you because it's almost like, like I love your title, like stumbled, <laughs> what is it, stumbled into, a, what, is, what is the name of the Yeah, name? we're stumbling through adulthood. adulthood. Because, because yes. truly you never become an adult. Everybody always feels like they never know what they're doing. And it's like you, you have moments when you're standing up and you know everything is working right, and then something happens and you fall. And then you stand up again. Yeah. So I just felt like that was the perfect title to kind of um, illustrate what it feels like to be an adult in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, and I love that title. When I seen it, I was just like, oh, my God, you know, that's just life in general. Like, we're just stumbling through things, and, you know, we want to plan a lot of our lives and things that happen, and it's just like, you know, like we just previously stated, you stumbled into this, stumbled into that, and before you know it, you know, it's just like, here it is, you're just doing life. So I really want to know, like, what inspires you to get into marketing? Uh, what inspired me to get into marketing is uh, when I was in college, I was really poor. <laughs> and, Hello, all uh, of us. <laughs> all of us, right? And I went into a store one day, and I really wanted this dress, and I knew that I couldn't afford it, and I was – kind of looking at the dress and just falling in love with it. And I looked at the person who was behind the counter and I said, you know, I go to this private school and there's a lot of rich people who go to my school. And I bet if you let me put on a fashion show that they will come and buy all the stuff in the store. And if I do that, you guys should give me the dress for free. Oh, wow. And and I didn't know that – the person I was talking to was the owner of the boutique and that she was in a position to make those kind of decisions. And for whatever reason, she just trusted me. And I had I happened to be the head of um, fashion club at school and I, you know, reported back and they were like, what? So she came with all her clothes and we were able to model the clothes and we created a relationship with her that lasted several years and year after year, she was increasing her revenue by 30% every year. And not only that, but wow. the students would, you know, go to her, her boutique and say, you know, I want to be an intern here. I want to work here. I want to do that. And I didn't know that I didn't – I had no idea that all of that was marketing, that that's exactly right. what I'm doing. Because I studied political science and public relations when I was in school. I didn't study marketing. Um, but I quickly learned that I had a talent for it. 
So yeah. that's where it started, and it just amplified. And I didn't actually continue in marketing in a professional way until I started working in real estate because uh, that same fashion club ultimately turned into a business. It was my first business, my first nonprofit. Wow, you're right. Yeah. And you know what? Even that is like a cool story because the reason why that fashion club became a business is that we used to do events at the university, and my business partner happened to be, and I went to Barry University, which is which was known at the time for being one of the most diverse schools in the nation. Um, and my business partner slash co-president of the of the event of the um, organization happened to be from Grenada. And um, what happened was we did an event at the school, and we made too much money. What? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's even possible. <laughs> I know. What, what, what kind of thing is that? <laughs> at the university, they had rules about how much money they could hold in your, in your club account, and we exceeded it. So they told us that we needed to open a business bank account, and um, in that, you know, you have to create a business in order to have a business right. bank account. And since my partner, my partner was from Grenada and I was from the U.S., I was the only one qualified who had, like, you know, I had a social security number so I could open all these things. Right. So we went, we went to a professor who, who studied law, and he walked us through the process and did the paperwork for us for free, which is a blessing. And before I knew it, I had a business. I was a business owner. I was like, oh, okay. And, um, yeah, so we opened that business bank account. But truly, you know, that's how I became a business owner. I mean, physically, you know, I mean, technically, yeah. you know, yeah, actually, legally. but yeah, legally, but, but years later, I mean, we're talking maybe like eight, eight years later is when I was working in corporate and um, I was the marketing director for Southeast Florida for a real estate company. And in that real estate company, my responsibility was to train the agents on all of our technical tools on how to show up online, on how to be digitally present. And in that role, I had to show, uh, I think at the time it was 34,000 realtors how to look unique online. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's like we're we're all doing the same thing, but we all need to look unique. And I did figure it out, but in that process, I would do these presentations and I would tell the realtors on, you know, what they needed to do. And immediately after that, they would say to me, okay, well, thanks for teaching me. Can you just do it for me? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's a lot. So I was like, just do it for me. So my company, and I have to give them credit for this, they eventually came to me and they said, um, you know, Vivian, we need you to register a business because XYZ agent who is worth seven and eight figures wants you to work on something, but we can't give you a raise to to pay you for the extra time, but we can write a check to your business. So you need to register a business so that we can pay you for your time on behalf oh, of wow. So um, I have to give them credit for that. And so what was happening was I would go to work, basically – you know, do my job, but in doing my job, I was pitching my business. So I was making money at work, and then I was making money after work, and then those same people were referring clients to me that had nothing to do with real estate. And before I knew it, what I was making on the side was at least equal to what I was making at work. And then when you think about, I want to go on vacation, I want to visit my family. You know, my mother's from Panama. 
My father's from Nigeria. I have, you know, I come from a military family, so they live all over the world. And it was a challenge to try and, you know how it is in corporate. You get 14 days vacation if you right. have a good job. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm trying to make three-day weekends <laughs> every other weekend to, right. you know, to see my family. And it, it was like, you know, if I'm going to make the same amount of money anyway, then why I not? should just. I should just leave. <laughs> so right. I, I should just leave. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I, that is amazing. Like, your story is so inspiring. And I hope, like, our listeners, you all are taking all of this information in because they're just getting started. So I know, like, you mentioned something on your page, and you were speaking about journaling and how it prepares you to work with the 1%. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So my book is a guided journal. It's a collection of 25 short stories as well as um, different sections that are designed for you to journal and connect with the stories and kind of judge the decisions that I've made over my young adulthood. So when it comes to journaling, the reason why I found it as such a powerful outlet is that in my role as a marketing advisor, and I do call myself an advisor, and that's only because that's what my clients call me. I, I would say that I'm more like a publicist or a business consultant, but my clients call me an advisor because they lean on me to keep a steady head in very stressful situations, and they lean on me to give them good advice when it comes to how they show up in the online space. And when you're in an advisory role, and any of you all who are listening, if you know someone or you yourself have ever studied psychology or social work or anything in sociology, you know that that's a very stressful position to be in, but that the people that you're serving require, they really need and lean on you to have a stable persona and to really know what you're talking about. So I turned to journaling because, it was the best way for me to be able to navigate the challenges that I was going through or any personal struggles that I was having so that when it was time for me to show up for my clients, I was able to do that and to show up 100% for them with a stable mind. And I should say that I know that when it comes to, you know, transitioning from being a student slash child to being an entrepreneur slash adult, quote, unquote, there's a lot of things that you go through in that time. And one of the things for me that was really challenging was uh, my parents were together for 28 years, and we were very, very stable. They raised me very well. I had a very nice upbringing. And I graduated high school when I was 17 years old. My, my, I graduated high school in L.A., and I attended school in Miami. So, that, you know, you're talking about the opposite side of the United States. Right. Yeah, so I left from my family and came to Miami, and I loved living here. But I was still a child, and I had a child mind. And I would call my parents all the time. I probably talked to my dad like three times a day, talked to my mom, you know, two to four times a day, every day. And one day my mom called me, and she let me know that my parents were going to get divorced. And that was rough information for me to take. And I'm the youngest person in my family. You should know that because what I learned as as I am now, is that my parents were keeping it together until I graduated high school because I was the last kid. And, you know, they just wanted to keep a nice home for, for us children. 
Um, but once we were all gone, there was kind of no need to do that. So my mom let me know that they were getting divorced, and she also let me know that when she got her alimony, that she had no intentions of helping me pay for school. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, really? Oh. Really, girl? Really? You gonna like that? <laughs> I know you're like, you're dropping all these the wrong bombs on me. <laughs> For real. Because in my mind, you know, both of my parents are my parents. So it didn't matter where the money was, I still would have access to it. And my mom was very clear that she was not going to help me to pay for school. You know, she actually said, you know, I've done my time and I earned this money and it's mine and I'm not giving you nothing. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard one to take. And, and I put this story, and I put the story in my book, which is called um, Tux Fitting, is one of the stories that's in my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, um, because several months later, I was having a conversation with my dad, and he was telling me how he was going for a tux fitting, that he was going to get a tux. And my, both of my parents were in the military. My dad was, you know, in the military at the time, and I knew that if he was going to do something fancy and it was for work, that he'd be wearing his uniform. And because he was wearing a tux, I just thought I thought it was I thought it would be so fucking funny. Oh, excuse me, sorry. I sorry. thought it was. Being, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> sorry, I thought I was being funny, and I said, you know, what are you doing, getting married? And he said, yes. Wow. Yeah, he was getting married. And I know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when it comes to dealing with things like that, and at that same time when my father told me that, you know, I had just turned 18 and I had never held a job because my parents wanted me to be a kid. They didn't want me to have to have a job. And after that, I worked. Like, I had six kids and a mortgage <laughs> right. because I had to, you know, I had to pay to go to school. I had to pay for this private school that I had started going and had, you know, grown this attachment to. And I wasn't going to leave. And that decision was really rough. It was very hard. It took a long time for me to process my dad choosing to get married. I was not invited to the wedding, by the way. I didn't know who he was marrying. I didn't know anything about his life is what I learned. And um, processing how you can be around somebody and think that they are, think that the relationship is something that it isn't. And I think that that's something that's so transferable, transferable uh, because we do that as women and as young people where we think that, you know, this guy is worth me changing myself because he's going to help me to get to the next level or whatever story that we tell ourselves or it's okay for me to go to work and cry on my way to my job, even though I hate going there because this job is going to help me to be able to get to the next level. Or it's okay that my parents, my brothers, my whoever talk to me in a very negative way or pulls out the most horrible things about me uh, because I've just known them for so long, so I just have to tolerate this behavior. And it's not true, actually. Right. Yeah, and I definitely agree, and I think, like, even just, you know, with you, and thank you for sharing, you know, um, your story or parts of your story, I should say, um, because, you know, I know that it takes vulnerability for people to even open up or allow people into their world and their space, so thank you for that. However, um, I also know, like, journaling for myself is therapeutic, so 
was that something that you just started practicing, like, to get your thoughts out on paper, or was it oh, something yes, where you for sure. to yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I hope, and, you know, the, the book is called Stumbling Through Adulthood, a guided journal for failing forward. And the failing forward is very important because you learn your life lessons, things that can really help you to amplify the type of life experience you can have when things go wrong. And I encourage others to journal because it allows you to have some kind of track record as to what's happening. Because sometimes we can say, you know, we can tell ourselves these stories in our mind that like, oh, I've tried this so many times and it didn't work, or I've been going to the gym so many times and I'm not losing any weight. But really, you went twice, baby. You went twice. (laughs) You went twice for 30 minutes and, like, that's why you didn't (laughs) Or you go in there and you, like, do a little something to get the sweat going, and you're like, oh. Yeah, it's like that's not, you know, so I think journaling is very helpful so that you can see the reality of what's going on. And I know for me, um, journaling really allowed me to see some of the patterns that I was developing that just weren't serving me at all. And seeing, you know, seeing it in black and white, I was able to say, like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't keep dating this type of person. Right. Like, this is not helping me. Or um, I probably shouldn't take, you know, I shouldn't push myself to um, commit to this job in this way. Because I only say it that way because I I graduated from university in the recession. So it was like, I mean, I got fired three times, and it hurt my soul. Because I was just like, oh, my God, why they, why they won't keep me? But it was, you know, it was because the last one in was the first one out. And it had nothing to do with me or my my work. It just was that's what was going on in the economy at the time. And, you know, sometimes you have to read it to know what's real and what's different from the stories that you're telling yourself in your mind. Yeah, and that is so crazy that you just said that because I'm sitting here and I'm having, like, you know, a high moment where, like, I've done that before, like, literally because I write on my phone and, you know, I journal a lot in my phone, too, because I'm always, like, just get the thoughts out because, you know, your brain goes into overload. And um, I'll just, like, write in my phone, and I'll put the money at the top. And, you know, I've been through, like, one of the reasons literally why I ended things with my ex was because, like, I was going through, like, past notes from, like, last year. And I'm like, you see? Tayani, are you seriously still talking about the same thing this year, earlier this year, and nothing's changed? And, like, because, you know, in our minds, it's like, okay, well, it's getting better. Things that, you know, he's done this. And, like, literally that has been something that's helped me to push forward and say, you know what, like, you don't deserve this. Or maybe you need to change your story. Or, like you said, the type of people that you're dating or what you're putting yourself in. So when you said that, I'm like, wow. (laughs) Like, yeah, and isn't real. that amazing? It's so amazing, like, how um, because I've dealt with um, and come into contact with, I should say, with so many different really wonderful, powerful women who, who have had the pleasure of hearing them speak or working with them. And they, one of the trends that I hear all the time is that you have everything you need to be successful. Yes, you do. And, and it's so true, especially for women, because you have that intuition. When you know, you know that's not working for you. When you keep doing it, 
You know right. it's not working out. You know he's trifling or she's trifling, you know, whatever right. partner that you have. And it's just like, you know, that's not serve that's not serving me. And for whatever reason, we continue to do these things and I really, really truly believe in the power of journaling because I know for a fact, and there was a Harvard study, actually, that proves this, that when you write something down, you are 95% more likely to do it. Yep. That's incredible. I mean, that statistic is unbelievable. So what if you wrote down every single time that you did something that you're not proud of? Yes. Or that you did something that worked? Proud or not, that it worked for you. If you knew that... then you'd be able to do it more. You'd be able to double down, which is exactly what the clients who pay me quite a bit of money. We do something called the 13-point assessment, and we do it every four months where we look at what they've done in the past and we identify what's not working. Right. And we just don't do it no more. (laughs) You said we just don't do it no more. I love it. I love it. I really love it. I fucking love it. Yeah, and I mean, I know that that probably serves them in a great way um, to where because, like you, like our brains, you know, we we're not even how can I say this at our fullest potential, mentally, yeah. physically, spiritually, and I feel like you know our brain is another being. I feel like personally, and I feel like it it manifests so much and it thinks so much and, you know, creatively you have these ideas. However, your mentality is totally different, can't support some of these things. So, you know, you as a being in the physical body, you shrink to things that, you know, you feel like, okay, well, I can do this or, you know, this is more um, obtainable than what I'm thinking. So I think when you actually write down those thoughts and you catch them in the moment, I feel like it kind of puts them into the universe. You kind of bring them alive because, you know, how many times have you thought about something and it passes by, you don't write it down, and you're like, dang, what was that that I thought about? <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like it's like your brain doesn't, you're not, it's not, I'm not going to say capable because it hasn't grown to that point. However, that is just a passing thought. However, when you try to rethink about it because you didn't feel like it was something that either wasn't important or um, reachable at that moment, it just passes by and you forget about it. But I feel like when you have something where you can go back and reflect on it, it's like it kind of still has life. You know, it's like almost like you burst it. You just haven't, you know, nurtured it or, you know, loved on it enough to actually, you know, make it grow. So that's why I love writing. I just think it's so much power in words that are actually on paper or in your notes or however, just out of your mind. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You're making a very good point. Yeah. So I really love, I really, really love that. Um, I'm going to have to get one of your books because I'm like a, a writer-holic. <laughs> like I write everything, you know. So I want to talk a little bit about the business um, side of your world. So, how were you able to grow a successful business to six figures in a small window of just two years? Well, I think that, you know, for every expert, they say you need about 10,000 hours of practice. And, <laughs> and that's, 
really the story of my business. So like I mentioned, I did have a business before that I started in college because I, I made too much money and I had to incorporate it and turn it into a business. So I had a business. And um, I took time, and I think that every single person who does have a passion should take time and explore other things, whether you do this on your free time or you do it through different employment or whatever it may be. It is super important for you to be able to learn to be disciplined and to learn business practices so that when it does take time for you to have clients that you can treat them with respect, that you can honor their money with professionalism and be able to deliver on whatever it is that you're promising to them. I'll say that. So then the reason why Flourish Media was able to turn itself into a six-figure business under two years is because we focus on helping our clients. In any business of any kind, when you focus your energy on understanding your clientele, getting to know them, doing the market research to understand what their pain points are so that you can provide them with a solution, you will always find success. Somebody somewhere was cold and watching TV and needed that Snuggie baby, and somebody came up with a Snuggie, and now they're making money. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it, you know. Um, and uh, with Flourish Media specifically, we um, – I had been in marketing for, I think, uh, about 13 years at the time, and I reached back to my book of clients and had an opportunity to ask my clientele if they had an opportunity to help and support women business owners, would they do that? And if I can be very honest with you, I was at a business meeting um, during a Black Lives Matter march, and it was on the TV, and it was the day that the two uh, police officers were killed in Texas. It was that exact day. We were watching that on TV. And it came on the television, and the reporter decided to interview one of the business owners who owned a shop on that street. And it was a woman business owner. She happened to be minority. I think she might have been, you know, Iranian or something. Um, She wasn't black, but she was just a minority person. And they interviewed her, and they asked her, you know, how do you feel about these people having the Black Lives Matter march in front of your, your business? Is this distracting from your business? How do you feel about it? Isn't it blocking you from making money today? And I never did hear how she answered, but the person I was having lunch with looked at that, and he was completely disgusted. And he said, you know, people don't respect women. And this was also during the election, so however you voted, that's your responsibility. Take ownership of that shit. But he was just like, you know, people don't respect women. People only respect money. He's like, and if you have money, then people will listen to you, and that's a shame. And, again, I thought I was being so funny. And I said, well, what are you going to do, give them your money? Because this is a very rich person that I was kidding. Right. And he said, and actually I think this story is actually in my, it's in my book, actually. It's the last story in the book, Stumbling Through Adulthood. And uh, when we – what, you know, he he heard me say that, and he actually was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I would, actually. I would make my money available because this same person happens to not be an American citizen, but he makes a ton of money in the U.S. 
And he thought, wow. you know, I can't really vote, but I can vote with my money. And in Miami, the very unique city where we have a lot of international people who are very, very wealthy who just happen to live here, and they make their business here, but they're not U.S. citizens. And um, I started to ask around and ask my clients, you know, are you in the same mindset? And when I was done, we got a money up to $15 million. Wow. That's 15, that these people were committed to investing in businesses that are owned and operated by women, minority women specifically, all because That's of amazing. that, you know, that one moment. And I'm, I honestly, it's, it's a shame that so many people had to die and the police had to behave the way that exactly. they do and people had to vote the way that they voted. But the good thing that came out of that is this conference that we host every year in Miami, Florida. That so, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That is so amazing. So what is the next conference? The conference is uh, going to be in 2020. It's going to be February 21st and 22nd. It's always a Friday and a Saturday. And tickets are available. You can go to flourishmediaconference.com and purchase tickets. Um, and it's been a beautiful thing. We're going into our fourth year having the conference. Because after we had that conversation, I did try – emailing all these rich people, hey, help Cynthia, help Barbara, help, right. help Carla. <laughs> and that did not work. It didn't work at all. Yeah, so they were like, you got to be more professional about this. You need to put everybody in one room, let them pitch. And so that's what we did. And, um, yeah, so this year um, we, we have an awesome statistic where we have 80% of the women who have pitched their business, and it's not a pitch competition. These people are ready for $15 million per person, so up to $15 million per person who pitches, and we can accept six pitches during that time. Very important to know. And, um, yeah, we've had 80% of them have walked away with funding, 80%. That is amazing. That is amazing, and I love what you're doing. You're such a powerhouse, and I know we're getting close to the end. However... Yeah. However, ever, ever, I still want to speak to you because I want to know what are one or two strategies like you can give our listeners who are struggling with defining their unique offerings or their place in the market? Well, I think that um, one of the things I think is very important is that you should not be listening to this myth that you are going to find your passion and make a bunch of money. That's a lie. Don't listen to it. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't listen to that yes. <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay? You have to pay attention to your clients or the audience of people that you want to help and really be aware of the problem that they're having and just offer them a solution, and that's all you have to do. Um, you know, my company, Flourish Media, we started our company after we had the first conference. We were not a company. It was myself who had my marketing, you know, consulting firm, Sasha Revelis, who has a graphic design company, and Tracy Timberlake, who is a life coach online. And we came together to do the conference. And after the conference, which had 78 women who paid to be at the conference in Miami four years ago, asked us, hey, what you did for the conference, can you make our product or service show up online the same way you did for the conference? Can you do that for us? And we started the company after we had the first conference. The company didn't even exist. And it was because the people asked 
for your ask for a solution. The same way when I was doing fashion shows um, as a university student and I found out that there were business owners, boutique owners, who wanted to be able to reach that demographic of people who would have a fashion show and then be able to sell their stuff. The same way that when I was working for Coldwell Banker, and working in marketing for real estate, and I found out that the agents, even though they had access to the different technology, they didn't have the time or the interest in learning it. So what did I do? I did it for them. I will do it for you. So don't, if you want to grow your business, pay attention to the audience that you want to serve and talk to them and find out what is the problem that they have and you need to provide a solution, and then you need to charge them to do it. That's all. That's how you make a lot of money. I love it. And I think that is a awesome way to close this episode <laughs> because you hit it nail on the head. I think, like, what you're doing is super amazing. So to bring me to that point, like, do you have any programs available? I know we talked about the event that you have coming up in 2020. Um, and if so, how can they access these programs to work with you? Sure. So if you want to participate in the Flourish Media Conference, it does still exist now. You can go to flourishmediaconference.com. If you'd like to learn more about where you can buy my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, it is available in paperback, ebooks, audiobooks, because I know if you're busy and you're listening to this podcast, you'd probably want to listen to the book on book as well. Um, you can go to my website, vivianoligen.com, and you can download it from Audible. We're on Kindle, all those different places. So Stumbling Through Adulthood, you can go to stumblingthroughadulthood.com if that's the only thing you remember. But vivianoligen.com, you can find everything, including finding me online. I am at vivianolo on all social media. I'm very easy to find, very accessible. Um, and if you're ever interested and you want to be able to work with me one-on-one behind the book, behind Flourish Media, then you can. I actually did open up a consulting program. It's called Refine to help you refine your message and your presentation so you can show up as your best self in any situation. And all that information is available on VivianOligen.com. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. And thank you so much again for being a part of today's episode. You are super amazing. And thank you again for being a powerhouse. I definitely, definitely want to stay connected with you. And guys, all of the information Vivian has provided us with will be um, available in the show notes. So you will have easy access to click, follow, and support her with her book, um, someone through adulthood as well to connect with her if you are interested in working with her. And listeners, remember to subscribe to www.intentionallyposs.com for upcoming episodes. If you know anyone who can benefit from this podcast, please, please pass this episode along. The more people you send this way, it helps build our community, and we're able to keep providing you with valuable content and episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. I love hearing from you, and it helps us grow as a brand. As always, guys, have a high-vibe, intentional week. Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. 
Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always, have a high vibe intentional week.